This October, Jack Osborne continues his journey into the paranormal and embarks on some of the most spine-tingling investigations of his career with a new season of Jack Osborne's Night of Terror. And last week, for those of you that have been wondering where my sister from another mister has been, she's back, she's on TV, and you can catch her on The Dead Files and later on on the program. Stay tuned. We've got so much to discuss here in my realm. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. Darklings, we are in for a star-studded night as promised. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's begin, if you don't mind, with talking about our first guest. Jack Osborne is here. Night of Terror is the show. And joining Jack this season is his famous family and some of his closest celebrity friends, who all have a desire to get a deeper understanding of what paranormal entities are lurking in the shadows of some of America's most historic and haunted locations. This season kicks off with an unexpected twist as Sharon Osborne's paranormal crash course turns into a medical emergency when Jack Osborne's Night of Terror premieres Sunday, October 1st at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, only on the Travel Channel. I really enjoy bringing friends and family to the scariest places I can find. And this year, I think it's time to up the ante. So I'm bringing my mother, Sharon Osborne, to a stately inn that hides a dark history of death. And my friend, Jenny McCarthy, to the mansion of a wealthy industrialist who watches over his property from beyond the grave. I'll be sniffing up bodies with my friends Jason Mewes and Jamie Kennedy at an old abandoned asylum. No way! Yeah! And I'll get locked up with my sister Kelly Osborne in a prison. Get out of here! <laughs> and finally, my dear old mum and dad will join in on the fun. <laughs> the Prince of Darkness himself is sending me to an old mining town that could very well be stuck in a time loop. And while it may seem like all fun and games, Everything you shouldn't do in a horror movie, we're about to do. Be careful, Jack. And don't go anywhere on your own. I've got an ion charger, flashlight, Rempod Mel meter, and a childlike sense of wonder. It makes me really nervous. Once the door is open, I don't know how to close it. Somebody's on the other side of that door. Some of them in the middle of the night. Don't call us. <laughs> Did you just hear that? <laughs> All right, you got our attention. Mom? Mom? Sharon Osborne was found unresponsive and rushed to the hospital. Hey, hey, hey. Lights on now, now, now. We need an ambulance now. I'm just trying to keep our airway open. Hey. Breathe. Mom? Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Osborne. Hello, Jack. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. Man, that is an amazing looking season and way to incorporate your family, even in the most uh, terrifying moments. It's great to see that your parents, no matter how old you get, are always your parents. Don't get in trouble and don't take rides with strangers, Jack, and make sure that you call. <laughs> exactly, right? Well, or don't call if something bad happens. Is it? Exactly. Very cool. So you've got a new season. You're going back out there to keep investigating this. And for people that may not be as familiar with your story, when did you develop an interest in the paranormal? Man, it kind of, you know, I've always had an interest, like since a kid. I mean, I grew up in the era of X-Files. And mm -hmm. so like that, 
you know, as like a, you know, nine, 10, 11 year old, like I was obsessed with that show. It's all I would watch. I would get the books. I was, and it, it, it sparked the interest. Granted, it was a fictional show, but a lot of that stuff was based on a lot of lore, a lot of actual, you know, documented events. And so that's really what drove me into wanting to know, you know, more about it. Like, you know, well, what, what are, you know, what are you, what are these UFOs, you know, is Bigfoot real? What, what happens when you die? It's, you know, that's all the stuff that was covered in that show. And it just, you know, going through kind of adolescence, teenagers, it was just a hobby of mine. And then in 2011, I was, uh, I got the opportunity to make a show called Haunted Highway, where, you know, me and a couple other investigators hit the road, and we kind of filmed it all ourselves. And it was a, a it was a, a great finished product, but it was a really hard show to make. Uh, only went a couple seasons. But, you know, the one thing that I like to say is like the, the parent, as you know, the paranormal audience in the community, it's it's that if you gain their trust, they're very loyal. And I think mm -hmm. doing Haunted Highway and the way that we did it and the approach, the investigations, it uh, I think I kind of earned their trust. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been it's been awesome since. Well, it's it's been great watching you as you've made these evolutionary jumps into each one of the different programs and the way that you stylize the look of the investigations, the history. And it's obvious that you do take it seriously. Obviously, there's still time for some laughter and tears. As we yeah. saw in the, the trailer coming up, there's going to be moments of that. Uh, has your, I guess, mind opened up to things that you never even saw coming since you began this or were you pretty wide open to the experiences from the get-go oh i was yeah i mean i'm i'm constantly as you know diving deeper into the, the paranormal world as i have done over the last you know five six years now um i'm constantly you know changing the way i feel about things or my understanding it's like it's like a it's an evolution um mm. And the experiences that I had just in the last year alone, you know, with what happened to my mom, um, it it definitely changed my perspective on things, and uh, especially when it pertains to the kind of the darker stuff. Is there an element of exploration that you're unwilling to go to? I mean, obviously, you've looked into Bigfoot, aliens, and the afterlife with the spirits, but is there an aspect of of what we call the supernatural that you're just no interest in getting into, no interest in even examining. I, I don't like, like I'm not so keen on kind of chasing after the real, the darker stuff now, you know, the, the demons, the kind of, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just, it's like, for me where I'm at, I, be, I believe it's real. I believe it's there. Mm -hmm. I believe that it is, you know, just as much as part of, you know, this and that energy spectrum is the good stuff. Um, and I have no interest in really doing a deep dive into that. Yeah. Leaving the demons to somebody else. That's kind of where I, I like to, uh, yeah. like to draw that line. I mean, if it happens while you're there, you deal with it, but sure. the concept of going and, and looking to turn over those stones. Yeah. And I, I used to, truth be told, I used to think it was total BS. I was like, Oh, this is just, you know, it's a very kind of, uh, Judeo-Christian mindset, and it's a very mm -hmm. much this, that, like, but, I mean, Dave, like, what happened with my mom, like, I listen, we've all seen the ghost shows where there's possessions, and we're like, okay, we've all seen, like, the demonic attack, whatever. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trained EMT. I, you know, I've seen many different kind of medical things. You know, I'm not a doctor by no means, but what happened to my mom cannot be explained medically. It, they ran, she was in hospital for two days. They ran every single imaginable test to try and determine what happened to her. And they could not determine. I mean, it was, she was, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to give away too much, but you know, she was, it was middle of an investigation and she, she lost consciousness for 20 minutes, stopped breathing. Like, and if you, it's, it's wild. Like when I, when I see you like face to face, like I, mm -hmm. you, you could do an, um, scare fest, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll be there. I'll show you the, the unedited, like 20 minute clip of what mm -hmm. happened. You know, we obviously we can't, we don't have the time to show in the whole episode, but it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen. You know, it's interesting because like you, I've, 
I'm friends with the people in the paranormal field. I'm always rooting for them to take it to the next level, to have these experiences. And when I got brought on to Holzer Files and then rolled over onto Ghost of Devil's Perch, the, the concept of being physically, forcefully touched or changed by the paranormal seems so foreign a concept. I felt the cobwebby feel, walking into things that aren't there, feeling a breeze move past me the concept of being moved. And I got knocked on my ass twice during the filming of, of Holzer files. And again, my mind never went to the paranormal. I thought in the darkness, somebody had tripped into me and, and hit me mm. uh, possibly one of the cameramen because it was so heavy until yeah. I watched the footage and I don't get hit and fall down. I get lifted up into Shane and then hit the ground. Mm. That's, that's really hard to wrap your head around. And then during the ghosts of devil's perch, uh, talk about a 20 minute segment of tape that's missing, like the, the White House tapes. Uh, when I was in the cabin with Cindy Kaza and we were doing an investigation and she was tapping in psychically, it felt like something ruptured right under my rib cage. And I hit the ground. I thought, oh, geez, I'm about to check out on TV. This is it. I thought I was having a heart attack. They rushed me to the hospital. I spent the night in the hospital. They ran every imaginable test. They couldn't find anything wrong with me, but they, my heart rate was through the roof. Everything was completely showing them that something bad is happening here. And it wasn't until two days later when Cindy kind of broke the case and realized that where we were is where a man, Richard Sims, had been shot. And wow. she told me at that point, you walked into a place memory. You had that. I had the experience. I am the one that hit the ground. I'm the one that spent the night in the hospital and still hearing that is like, I did what I walked into a, what yeah. it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around some of these concepts of the supernatural. And I understand the skepticism from the viewing party, watching something like this unfurl, but the panic in Cindy, I, I've got like a 20 minute recording of my deal of her really upset and worried about my health and, and well-being because my when I hit the ground, so did the recorder, and it just kept going. And uh, I listened yeah. to it, and she was frantic trying to get me help. And it was very much like the video clip that uh, we showed earlier for your upcoming season. And it's it's traumatizing to the people on site when something like this happens because again, there's no bad guy to grab or drag out. There's nothing that you can physically do. You're at the mercy of whatever energy and entity is there with you. Yeah, and you and it's. And it's something that I I realize I've been playing with something that I didn't believe necessarily was real, mm -hmm. but it didn't care that I didn't believe was real or not. And it's and it and it's uh, it's no joke. Like and and mm -hmm. it's hard to have you know I, it's hard to have these conversations with with you know with with normies with people that don't <laughs> that don't necessarily subscribe to this kind of you know, spirituality or mindset or understanding. And it's, it's weird. And it, it isn't, and I'm, and I, I kind of pride myself. Like I don't inf over inflate evidence. I don't like, mm -hmm. I don't deal in the hysterics of, you know, some, you know, some piece of, I just, I, I avoid the craziness. You know, if anything, we laugh more than we're getting scared when I'm, I'm doing go shows. It's, it's just the, the environment that I create on set. Like we, we joke, it's fun. It's fun. It's funny. It's like, it's what we, you know, if it was all doom and gloom, I, man, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't hang in for as long as I have. But that being said, there's a side of things that have like, you know, over this last year, like the kind of the wool's been lifted off my eyes a bit. And I'm like, wow, like this is no joke. And like you're saying, like when you experience it firsthand, there's no denying it. Like there, there is, there is, there's weird, dark, evil out there that will try and bring you down any way it can. Do you find that the way you handle yourself coming back from these investigations has changed? You know, as a parent myself, I took it a little lighter when I began this journey 18 years ago because I'd had paranormal experiences all around me and I never really thought of what do you do to make sure that something doesn't bother your family. And I've been, I've been very cautious with that. And I've been lucky to have friends like John Zaffis and Adam Bly and Jason Hawes and, and people that were willing to take my call in the middle of the night when something went wrong and yeah. help me kind of get control on it. Are, are you doing things differently now to make sure your kids and loved ones are not being endangered? I am for sure. Legitimately now, like, whereas before I was like, eh, I don't know. And then like, it, it, it's funny. Like I had this kind of level of like, it was almost, it's, it was kind of like ignorance to a degree because like, mm -hmm. 
going back to like co- during COVID, like right up until the lockdowns happened, I was I was filmed. We were cranking out episodes. We were on like a 20 episode order during COVID. And so it was like right. every week I was on the road and, and then COVID hit, everything shut down. And in my house I was living in at the time was was a was a new build. Like it wasn't, you know, nothing crazy. And like some I, I was experiencing stuff at home and I kind of played it off and I was like, yeah, whatever. Maybe I was just dreaming. But I'd notice over the last few years, like things would just it's hard to describe. Like things things would kind of get in some ways. It felt kind of, you know, a bit of like a just weight constantly on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the stuff with my mom. And then uh, we moved houses. This is before the stuff with my mom. And just, you know, as you mentioned, the kids, I, you know, I remember this thing that happened. I was kind of dozing on my couch. And the way that my my old living room was orientated was that the the TV was on the mantle. And then to the right of the TV was the whole whole way to my kid's bedroom. And I could and the door, their door faced me as I was sat on the couch. And I was dozing and and I kind of like opened my eyes and I saw my kid's bedroom door just creak open. And I was like expecting to see one of them stood there being like, Daddy, I woke up. Can you come lay with me or whatever? And I'm waiting and I and I call out one of their names. Nothing. And and I just got that cold chill. And I was like, Oh hell no. And I just go, I go, I went in their room. Can I swear by the way on this? Is that the swearing allowed? Well, if we can keep it kind of the, the, the lower levels, we're okay. I went in there and I was like, I was like, get the F out of here. I don't know who the F you are. Get the F out of here. You are not welcome. This is my house. Get out. And like, dude, I get the, I get the chills just talking about it, but like, like it's this it's real, man. Like there is, and I don't need to tell you this, but like mm-hmm. there's, I, man, it's this last year has definitely changed my approach to things. For people that are out there watching programs like this, and many of them just accept it for entertainment value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they want to go out and investigate for themselves. What advice would you give people that have this kind of passive hobbyist view of the paranormal and going out and putting themselves in the environment to actually have these experiences themselves. Um, I would, I would say like, sure, go at it, have fun, go get an experience, but understand that it, it might not always be fun. Like there, there are times where the fun isn't there Um, and have some kind of practice, you know, some kind of closing down ritual set boundaries um, because it, 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 you know, it could get weird. I mean, but it, but, and I'm being, listen, out of probably close to a hundred investigations I've done, mm-hmm. like there's been a handful, which I was like, whoa, like this is different level. And I, a very small handful at that. But um, yeah, I would just say like, go at it, you know, with, with an open mind, but understand that you might encounter things that, you know, you can get attachments. You can, you know, you can encounter that stuff that isn't, isn't so friendly. I like too that you do keep it a little bit more lighthearted going in and you're there with your friends, you're there with your family. So you're at a place of ease. Mm-hmm. That's the one issue I've had with paranormal programming is, and even that that's, if I had to come up with one complaint regarding the shows I've been a part of is it's always on the, the escalation factor, taking you up to the top of the, the roller coaster and then dropping you. And I always feel like, you know, sometimes it's fun to have those fun moments in between so that when something happens, if something happens, that really impacts people a lot more. Do you find that that affects and impacts you and your friends when you're joking around all of a sudden it gets real like that? Oh yeah. And it's always, I find like the the investigations where I'm just kind of screwing around the most and just like, just, you know, having fun, laughing, joking with the crew, joking with, you know, whoever's on the show with me, like, that's mm-hmm. when, you know, when you let your guard down to that level, like that's when all of a sudden you're going to hear, you know, I've had like booms and stuff, you know, it's like, whoa, like the place turns on because it's like, I don't know if it just likes to, you know, come at you when you're least expecting it or it doesn't like the joke I was making. But like it often it often will 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 ramp things up. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it works. I mean, Katrina and I, when we were doing portals, it, you know, which it's funny. I've been getting like a lot of questions about, Oh, why isn't it coming back? And you know, it's, 
but anyway, when we were doing portals, the the amount of like dark humor and like, you know, you know, Katrina, she's got a wicked right. sense of humor and like it, you know, we, we, we a couple times we got calls from like <laughs> the production, the other production company that was involved being like, hey, you guys, this isn't scary because you guys are like laughing half the time. Like you need to be a bit more serious, but like we have fun. It's a fun job. Yeah, well, and, and sometimes when you're interviewing the the experiencers, um, you know, people always ask, "Oh, are these shows rehearsed? Do you do you act it out?" There's no acting, but there are times we have to get people off of that nervous giggle because when you're, you're you're hearing this, yeah. So when I was eight years old, this thing grabbed me by the hair; it's dragging me up the stairs, and they're like, "Can you seem less happy about this?" And they're like, "It was absolutely terrifying. I'm still terrified, but it's that natural." endorphin rush of feeling it again and that kind of that giggle comes out and that was the only time we had to ask people to de-escalate was just try to take a couple deep breaths you're telling us a terrifying story giggling is completely decompressing your your story in this moment <laughs> yeah no i yeah it's it, it, it the nervousness i think you're right it like it does trigger you know the giggle sometimes of your family who do you feel has come the furthest in this journey of starting to really open up to the concept of there is more going on man it's it it you know they've all over the last few years kind of with me kind of dragging them into some of these things uh they've all evolved you know mm -hmm. kelly and you know cindy will say this and you know and, and chip and it, like kelly's and i'm not just saying that she's got some legit abilities mm -hmm. i I, and I, I always just thought, okay, all right, you always just whatever. But like, I, I can't explain her knowledge of things sometimes. Like, you know, we'll be doing an investigation, and she'll, she'll be like, oh, you know, for some reason, I'm like, seeing like this woman with brown hair, and like a, you know, she's got like, you know, a bunch of suitcases, but whatever. And then you find out, like, oh, a woman moved out. Like, it, it's wild how her ability mm -hmm. to kind of intuitively and psychically pick up on spaces um even to the point where chip like off camera was like going up you know hey kelly like if this is something that you want to pursue like you you can um and it is that of, an element of yourself you would want to open up and be maybe, more perceptive to i don't i don't know probably not you know just because i live so much in this space like mm -hmm. when I'm not working, when I'm not ghost hunting, when I'm not, you know, producing the shows, whatever, like I put a wall up to it. Like we, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, my kids will watch the shows and I'm always like, turn it off, turn it off. Like I, you know, it's, they, you know, and they all have all these questions and they want to know about the places I've been and they want to, you know, they like want to know about Robert the doll and like all this stuff. And, and I really downplay it just because it, it the, of the weight that is associated with it and and i think if kind of evolving and developing some kind of you know psychic or mediumship ability i just i don't i don't know if i, I want that no totally understandable i mean having the gift and utilizing it tapping into it i mean it, that seems to me like a door you just can't shut once you've kicked it open I've, i i know now that i'm a lot more sensitive to a location and to energies there but it's different than saying all right i'm opening up and <laughs> you know i'm seeing this and I, I try not to do that at all uh because i you know i when i got hit with the the place memory that dropped me to the ground cindy asked why are you so wide open and i told her you know i just came off the curse of lizzie borden Mm. And something went through me doing this automatic writing and I didn't invite it in. I was wide open for it and it was terrifying. Yeah. And she's like, didn't you close down? I go, I don't know how to close down. That was a complete shock. And so she really <laughs> helped me kind of deescalate because that was when things start happening around you and you start feeling parts of your body doing things that it shouldn't be doing and you're fighting with every ounce of your body to not have your arms start writing a letter that's really unnerving on so many levels and then you get back from it and it's you know i'll watch the shows with my kids they'll want to pop on and check out an old episode or something and uh, or when the brand new season comes out and they they see these moments like when i i hit the ground at the uh the shanty shack in in ghost of devil's perch and there's this slow kind of turnaround and all the kids look at me like 
dad, what the hell? How come you didn't tell us about this? I'm like, because it still feels surreal to me yeah. to actually be in that environment and have those things happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is. I mean, that's the best way to put it. It's surreal because it goes against, you know, if listen, if you have a deep spiritual practice and you really subscribe to this kind this level of faith, then mm -hmm. it's not surprising. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I get it. But like someone who for myself did not grow up in a particularly religious household, you know, went to, you know, private Christian school and then, you know, had religious education and had to go to like chapel and stuff. But like, that was the extent of it. And so I, I just, you know, I was always more of a science mind. And mm -hmm. when all of us, when every ounce of, of kind of scientific reasoning just cannot explain what it is that is happening, there's got to be something to it. And, and, and I, as I, as I always say, maybe it's not what we think it is. Maybe it's not, but maybe it is, you know, maybe it is, a, right. you know, these dark entities, you know, or some interdimensional force. I don't know, but, but again, you having to, people tell you all the time, boy, this is super, there's science can't dictate this. That's what they used to say about medicine and herbs, right? Yeah. It was magic until we understood it. And yeah. I think we're getting closer to that point of understanding a little bit more about what we're dealing with and that like you said there may not be just one answer to what's happening but yeah. so many different prospects to the supernatural yeah i say that all the time you know i kind of have like a my, my list of five things which i think it could be and you know and but i don't you know it's uh you know, I, the only, and it's funny, everyone always goes, you know, do you ever think we'll, we'll really find out like what ghosts are or demons or this and that? And I say, the only way that we're ever really going to find out is if someone just realizes you can make billions of dollars finding out. Sure. Because there's like, well, there's no money in being like, well, we figured out what ghosts are. But if they're like, we figured out how to monetize what ghosts are, then all sure. of a sudden you've got, you know, Elon Musk investing billions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Paranormal Park, right? Where they've got ghosts behind glass enclosures. That's when it'll be a, a science mainstream, uh, which is sad. But I like that mystery, that element yeah. that still keeps us guessing. And even watching the journey with my friends, you know, Cindy and Shane and KD, you can see that there's times that, you know, our paradigm shift when we're doing these things and, and we see something new or we yeah. experience something new. Is there any place left for you right now that you're thinking, I, I've got to get into this or I've got to go witness this phenomena for myself. You know, I, I, I would, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the mystery of Bigfoot mm -hmm. just because it's so freaking nuts. It's like, wait, what? Like, and I, and I did a, you know, I've done a Bigfoot hunt. Mm -hmm. I do, listen, I spend a lot of time outdoors in the forest, hiking, hunting, climbing, like I've, I've done that my whole adult life. You know, I've never seen anything, but I have met people who I would classify as very sane, very rational. And they've been like, I've seen something that I, I cannot to this day explain what it was. And so the mystery surrounding Bigfoot to me is, is really exciting. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, um, well, before I let you go, then let me put you here. You're in a room. There's four doors behind each door is the answer to one of those questions. Are ghosts real and what they are is Bigfoot real are aliens real and is God real? Which door would you open? You're only allowed one. Which one would you open to get the Ooh, final answer? That's a great question, Dave. Oh man. That's, um, okay. Question though, if you get, if you go through the door, do mm -hmm. you get to like actually have a rapport or is it just like the answer? Do you get to have a back and forth with whatever's on the other side? Sure. Let's go with the back and forth. Although you can't ask God, Hey God, by the way, are there oh, Bigfoot awesome. and aliens? And <laughs> that's just um, cheating Jack Osborne. <laughs> oh man, that's so tough. I, you know, cause I, I believe aliens are real. I believe God is real. I believe, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I honestly, I probably would go with Bigfoot. That would be I, your answer. Yeah, I probably would go with like, is Bigfoot real? Just because I, I, I mean, I also think it's really funny. Like, there's a giant, like, eight foot hairy dude running around the forest. Like, it's, <laughs> I was, and I always talk to my, 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 my friends who I hunt with. 
And I'm like, all right, real talk. You're in a tree stand. You see Bigfoot. Do you shoot him? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, okay, but what if they do a DNA test on this body and they find out that it's human? You just murdered like a weird human. And then everyone's like, oh, no, like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how many of my friends that are Bigfoot enthusiasts, I go, what is, so you don't bring a gun. They're like, no, because they would know. And I go, so what is the end result for you? If you walk around the corner and there he is, do you bring out the butterfly net? What are you, what is your game plan for getting away if it starts to get mad? I mean, yeah. none of them really have an answer. They're all like, uh, and I'm like, yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, very cool. Jack, I am excited to have you on the show. Jack Osborne's Night of Terror. The new series begins October 1st, and uh, we've got links for that and more information on the show guide. It's a pleasure to hook up and then talk to you, Jack. And I got to tell you, I, jokingly, when we were at Michigan Paracon, I, we took a picture together and I posted it and I said, look, some young, young lucky fan got to take a picture with TV's Dave Schrader. And I, I can't believe how many people are like, you idiot, that was Jack Osborne. How do you not know that was Jack Osborne? I'm like, you do see his sign behind him, right? I was well aware. Uh, so they're always you. questioning, always questioning. Right. Jack, have a great one. Thank you so much for stopping by and spending some time here. Thank you. Take care. All right, folks, make sure to check out the links. Make sure to watch the shows and uh, continue to let the, the networks know how important the paranormal programming is and that you want to continue to see it. And the best way to do that is remember, view those shows within the first 24 to 48 hours. Even if you can't watch them, run them in the background while you're taking a shower, mowing the lawn, whatever. The TV has to count. That that DVR has to count that show in the first 24 to 48 hours. And then they will know that you're truly out there watching the program. I will uh, take just a very quick break. When we come back, we will be joined by Cindy Kaza. We'll do that next right here on the very best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash p60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Hey, everybody, come on out. A walk in the past, September 30th at the Horridge House and Vinton Train Depot in Vinton, Iowa. I'll be there. Josh Hurd will be there. It is a weekend of ghost hunts, paranormal investigations, and discussions. There are just a handful of tickets that still remain. You can find more information about that by going to darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. Dot com And if you still haven't figured out what you want to do for Halloween weekend, join me at the Haunted Shanley Hotel in Napanock, New York. I'll be there with Medium Scotty, and we will be investigating that weekend, having a great time exploring the supernatural in a safe environment in one of the most haunted hotels on the planet. I hope that you'll join us there. Again, more information can be found right there 
at Darkness Events. Ladies and gentlemen, it is always a pleasure to have my next guest join me. And it's been a while since we've had a chance to work behind the camera together, but she is back picking up where the season left off. Psychic medium Cindy Kaza rejoins former detective Steve DeShavi for a seven all new episodes of the Dead Files that began last week on September 7th. She is here with us tonight. Cindy, welcome back to the program. Got to unmute your mic, no problem. <laughs> good to know that even a seasoned tv veteran can forget to turn the mic on from time well, to time i was trying I, when i came and i muted it because i was afraid i was gonna like do something ridiculous and interrupt you so anyway what's up uh, dave no problem hey congratulations on uh dead files Thank great you. opportunity to step back in working with the production company painless that brought the holzer yeah. files out and now you get to step in and work with steve deshavi uh on this new program how big uh, kind of a challenge is it for you to uh, obviously you work with so many different partners on so many different programs is it hard to kind of readjust to the investigative techniques or the way that each one of these shows handles their perspective on the paranormal you know actually dead files was a pretty um seamless transition for me it felt that way because mm -hmm. i you know it wasn't like it's, it's different when you're going in and investigating with a team uh and then you're trying to understand how each person works and you, you know it takes as we know it takes a couple of of investigations to kind of find the groove right but in dead right. files i go in and do the walk by myself and the only time i talk to steve about anything that i've discovered is at the very end of the reveal um so that's the first time that we even really correspond at all uh it, it's except if we pass each other in the in the hotel and say hey i mean we don't talk about right. the case at all you know so it's kind of interesting because it's like we have zero information about what the other person got until the very end and so it, it makes the reveals actually pretty fun because um it's like it, i don't know it's for me you know how i am I, i'm always nervous and like i'm like oh god i hope I, it makes sense you know but so it's even harder actually in dead files because i have to wait a really long time to find out if anything even came together at all you know and so uh, at least in holzer files uh and ghost of devil's perch we have those meetings where we would have like the re the review of the evidence and stuff so for me i had to really like uh i guess learn to like uh, meditate and chill out <laughs> <You know? laughs> even more i i will tell people and i say this uh all the time when we're at, at paranormal conventions and they're like you guys seem to always have so much fun i said no i'll tell you the one person that uh was really alienated on all of these shows was cindy i felt really bad i could hang out with katie i could hang out with shane we really couldn't hang with cindy too much because production didn't want us slipping up or saying something in front of her that might cue her into a part of of what we're investigating or why we're there and i always feel bad about that because you are so isolated in these instances mm -hmm. and obviously you have a life you're teaching you're you're doing yoga you're going out and exploring and and you can live without hanging out with dave and shane on a weekend but it's it's very uh i, I can't I, I don't know that i could have done a show like that where i was constantly kind of kept apart from everybody on purpose well and uh, i didn't even know that because like in holzer files i was like what the hell like dave and chan are always going on these adventures sightseeing i never get invited i'm like fine i'll just hang out in my room <laughs> like, what's wrong with these guys no but yeah, like, we'd be I like know. hey what are you guys doing this weekend and we're like oh shane and i were gonna go out and well you're not taking cindy are you because we can't have you guys talking about the show and if people see the three of you out while you're filming they're gonna we're like all right we're not gonna take out cindy we promise we'll just go wander the yeah. You know, it wasn't until COVID, I think, that we all just kind of throw our hands in the air when yeah. there was nobody. We, we go take out an entire movie theater to watch a movie or hang out because it was such a desolate isolation for everybody yeah. at that point. Yeah, totally, totally. But yeah, no, I mean, look, it's one of those things like I tell my students, you know, because I teach a lot. I love teaching so much. But I tell mm -hmm. them that even as somebody who has a lot of experience uh, working as a psychic medium um, and experience doing paranormal investigations, I'm always nervous before every single uh, walk that I have to do because there's so much like resting on my shoulders, really, you know? And and then the other part of it too is that, um, you know, I have zero information about the locations. The locations, Dead Falls is a little bit different. I don't have information, but it's not like we're going into historic buildings that are, you know, 
500 years old. Um, that's more complicated because I have to just like set the intention, like, oh, please let me get what I need for this case. Because remember, right? Like if you have a location that's 500 years old, you can pick up on any one of those timelines and you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, um, in Dead Fells, it's, you, you know, residential. So people are calling because they're having a problem. So it's, it's a little bit different, although I'll pick up history on the land. Uh, it, it's just it, usually the buildings aren't 500 plus years old, you know, right. so it's it's just uh, I'm always nervous. I don't know if that'll ever change, but I actually think it's not a bad thing. You know, um, it's just more uh, the more experience I have, the more I just accept that part. I can work through the nerves a little bit better um, and just I have to kind of just surrender like, you know, there's nothing else I can do. Just show up and see what happens. What well, was always fascinating to watch behind the scenes, especially on shows like Holzer Files, um, is we had the file. I knew what we're looking for in that storyline. And you would come up with so many different things during your walkthrough. Sometimes even before the walkthrough, you were picking up and we'd be jotting notes down. And some of it would not align at all with our story. And I'd, I don't know, guys, she's so far off from what's going on here. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she definitely hit a lot of the points we were looking for. And then I talked to the historian and we'd uncover something else. And it was like a side story. And they're like, Hold on to it, Dave. Don't talk to Cindy about it. This is season five. We're coming back to this place to examine because <laughs> she's if she's picking it up that strongly, and we now have corroboration that there was a circus clown who murdered eight people in this oh house. Oh my god! You know, we're going after the little girl's ghost right now to try to understand why she's still here. The circus ghost um. in season four. Sadly, no season four to be had. But uh, it was amazing to kind of watch you have to sift through the pages of history to get to those. And I, I was curious, obviously all the partners and people you work with have their own psychic baggage. They've got the spirits and, and memories and, and guardians of their own that are with them. Is it hard to have to keep readjusting to filter that out so that when you're in a location, you're not picking up on Dave's family or Shane's yeah. family or Katie and, and all of that? You know, that's a really good question, Dave, because I've learned, um, in, especially doing paranormal investigations that having an intention going into a walk is so important. Like I think about it this way, people, souls on the other side, they know that we're there. Um, you know, if you set the intention, like I'm here to try to help you or figure out what's going on here. Um, you know, you're hoping that they're going to listen because it, if, if somebody has been lying about your story for 300 years and finally a medium shows up, you know, you would hope that the, the spirit would show up and tell the story, right? Because most of the time mm -hmm. we found right in these locations that it's, it's usually not demonic. It's like how rarely, right. It's usually a spirit that has unfinished business or multiple spirits that want their stories to be told correctly. Right. Um, right. And so I just truly believe that, like, as a medium, if I just kind of and I do this at every uh, investigation, every walkthrough, I just kind of say, I'm like, OK, I'm here. Like, my intention is to help. Please let me know what I can do. Whoever is is in this house, please let me know and I will give you a voice. Right. Uh, and even the ones that are angry, you know, because it's my job as a medium to listen to all sides. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. it does scare me. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Right. Um, but I think in, in setting that intention, it does help filter out the other things because I could pick up on you or I could pick up on your loved ones if that was my intention. But I just like try to be very focused and it doesn't always like work out so seamlessly. I mean, you know, you've seen me work where like I'm getting something for the investigation, right, that we need. And then something goes off on a tangent somewhere else. And then I come back and then, you know, it moves. And that's the reality mm -hmm. of mediumship. You know, I think like most people don't really understand how mediumship works. Uh, they think that it, it's like me talking to you and seeing you like I'm seeing you now and having this very clear conversation with no room for misinterpretation. And that's not how it works. Um, I always describe it as playing Pictionary Charades and Telephone all at the same time, <laughs> you know, because I might see a piece, I might feel a piece, I might hear a piece. And then I have to figure out what those pieces, what story are those pieces telling me? Uh, and then, you know, in paranormal investigations, it's, it's, even a little bit more challenging because I also have to like feel into the history of the land, the location and the spirits and the people that live there. So I'm having to really go between psychic, which is picking up on past, present and future and mediumship, which, which is connecting the spirits. So I'm having to navigate all of these different spaces. Um, and I tell my students, like uh, when, when I'm teaching, I'm like, look, like 
paranormal investigation for me, I think is uh, more challenging than when I do my live events because my live events, I'm connecting people to their loved ones, but paranormal Mm -hmm. investigation is a totally different thing. It's a totally different thing because you're going in and you're having to really solve a a puzzle really like, Mm -hmm. and there are usually, there are several things that are creating uh, the, the activity in a home. It's not just one. It's usually a couple, maybe three, you know, because mm-hmm. if you've got a land, the land, the elemental aspect of lands, you have somebody maybe in the house that's living there that's really open, then you have spirits, right? And so you have to, uh, you're like a detective, really, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun, though. I enjoy it. It's been really, really fun. Do you ever have uh, these spirits, especially the ones that seem more aggressive, um, once you've left the, the place and you've kind of dug them back up, like Juan Verdugo to me was a great example of this. There was a guy whose name probably hadn't been spoken in that house in over a hundred years until we started kind of scratching away at it. And then he kind of, boom, he let himself be known, right? We were, we were in the thick of it. Once you kind of uncover these spirits and, and they're brought back, do they ever impact or affect you? Like when you get back to the hotel that night, do you have trouble decompressing or separating yourself from that energy? You know, that's also an excellent question. Um, I like to think that after an investigation, I'm pretty good at setting boundaries and saying, I'm done. This investigation is over. Uh, and, And largely I don't feel super affected by the investigations mm-hmm. um but that's that's my perception of the scenario uh, i'll tell you um i have a friend who i i think i've told you the story yeah no sarah my friend from indonesia remember we did the surat tavern or the surat right. okay so we left that investigation went home and at that time you know we weren't allowed to post anywhere that we were you know we, nobody knew where we were filming there's nothing on social media i wasn't telling anybody where we were cuz we weren't allowed to under contract we weren't even right? allowed to put pictures of our, ourselves up with each other it was very weird cloak and dagger stuff yeah yeah so so you know I know that, you know that, right? And so I get home and Sarah, um, who's in Jakarta, Indonesia, sends me this WhatsApp message. She's like, hey, uh, I think a woman followed you home. There's a woman around you. And I was like, what is she talking about? I'm like, okay, well, who is it? She goes, my brother drew a picture of her. Did I ever show you this picture? I think I did. Yeah. So, right. And it was like the exact picture of, I think it was Mary, right? Mary Surratt. Mary Surratt, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so wild. Like I almost like fell out of my chair because I didn't feel like there was somebody around me, but clearly there was because my friend across the globe saw it and her brother literally drew an exact picture of this woman. And it really made me think like, maybe I'm not as protected. I don't even like that word, but you know where I'm going as I think I am. Um, I don't like to go into anything with fear, which is why I just said, I don't even like that word. Cause people say, how do you protect yourself? I'm like, you know, I just trust, I believe in God. I'm like, I'm safe. Um, but it made me think. And so what I've done since or started doing more is um, like, if I feel like there's sticky energy on me or something stuck to me or my field is off, I go get energy clearings with a good friend of mine. Her name's Becca. Like she, like seriously, I'll, I'll have a session with her. And the next day I feel hundred percent better. So while I don't necessarily open myself up to perceive uh, who's around me after investigation, and this is because I believe spirits also are around us all the time, everywhere anyway, mm-hmm. um, I do know that I have to be mindful of how I'm feeling because I might not see a spirit, but I might start feeling sad or I might start feeling anxious or my energy feels off. And I've now learned that that is uh, not usually mine if it's happening like that after a bunch of investigations, you know? So yeah. That's an interesting element then. Do you think maybe, you know, we all have a vibrational tilt to us. We all kind of carry a certain energy. And if we're aligned with that energy, maybe it's not as noticeable. What we notice are the things that are rubbing up against us that are irritations. And often I'll I'll meet up with people and mediums on the street kind of thing or at conventions that are like, you know, you have a woman with you and they'll kind of describe my mom to me. And I'm like, why can't I feel my mom? And I often wonder if that's yeah. because we were so close. She yep. just is resonant with me. And 
she's there and I don't feel her because she's always had that kind of feel. Yeah. And this is a really good point, Dave. And I just was having this conversation with one of my teachers. So I was in Lilydale, uh, was it last, last weekend or the weekend before doing an event and Lilydale's like this magical place and mm-hmm. in Western New York. Uh, anyway, one of my teachers lives there and we were having breakfast and I was talking to her and I said, you know, I said, Sharon, her name is Sharon Klingler. And I said, Sharon, you know, I don't understand. My brother died last year and I can't feel him. I don't understand what this is about. Closest relative, super close to my brother. And it's been really challenging, like to be a psychic medium and literally not be able to feel my brother's presence. It's very confusing. Right. And she said exactly that to me. She goes, Cindy, it's not that he's not there. It's because you are so familiar with his vibration, the two of you, it's almost like you're the same person. So when he's around you, it doesn't push up against your aura the same way as a stranger would. So it's Mm -hmm. harder for you to recognize that he's there, you know? And I was like, wow, I never, I actually, I never thought about that because for me, I was like going through all of the scenarios, like, oh, maybe it's my grief is preventing me from feeling it. Maybe it's this. I mean, I was really, you know, I was like, maybe he's Mm -hmm. busy. Maybe he's mad at me. Like all the things, that I tell people that ask me about this, this particular um, scenario, I would, you know, I, I was asking myself all the questions that I told them not to ask themselves that I would tell them, right? Like, you know, and so it's like a really good teaching moment for me. You know, I I say now, like my brother, uh, my brother taught me grief. He taught me really uh, deep grief. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, uh, that, you know, experience because it makes me, um, I think, be able to relate to the people that I'm working with on a much deeper level and to say, hey, like, I understand that you don't feel your husband that just died. I understand what that's like. I know it's difficult, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. still trying to understand why, why I can't feel my brother. But uh, like you said uh, before, I think that there's really something to that, like the, 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 it's so familiar, the energy that it's hard to um, feel. Let's do this. We have to take just a very quick break. We'll come back. We've got more to discuss with Cindy and talking about doing something differently for Holzer Files and uh, Ghost of Devil's Perch. We were really trying to give answers uh, for the spirits, but what's it like when we have to turn it on its ear and now we're trying to help the families, give Mm. them answers and sometimes the tough answers. We'll talk about that and more when we return right here on the Paranormal 60. Haunted Magazine, issue 38, Hot Summer Frights, is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember, kids, don't be normal, be paranormal. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com with many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers expertly curated and award-winning book collections with top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. My Soultopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls, 
and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. Hey, folks, remember The Dead Files is back. It began last week, September 7th. Brand new episodes. Steve DeShavi has a new partner. Cindy Kays is on the case. Make sure you tune in and check it out. And again, I'm going to just remind you, folks, the key element to keeping your favorite shows on the air is making sure that you watch them live. Or if you DVR them, they have to be watched in the first 24 to 48 hours. So even if you can't watch it live, but you want to power through them all once every episode is aired, just let them run in the background when you're at work. Let them run while you're mowing the lawn or going out for a jog or whatever so that it counts. Because when you binge watch them all at the end of the season, none of those episodes count towards keeping your favorite show on the air. Mm -hmm. So let's keep Cindy and Steve working and doing the good work out there. Um, with the Holzer Files, we were going into historic sites, trying to give more answers to the history and to the ghosts to help them. This time, it's it's a little bit different, right? I mean, it's the fact that you're really you're going into people's homes that are or businesses that are in distress, dealing with something. Uh, is is that a lot more pressure on you? Because now it's like, I, you know, almost have to diagnose or help you figure out how to deal with this. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily. Um... Maybe it is a little bit more pressure. Yeah, because you, you want to be able to help these families. And and also, you know, the times where I'm like, yeah, I think you should leave your house. I'm like, God, that sounds crazy that I'm even saying that, you know, but but it's like with all of the things adding up, it's like, what is the other solution? Like I like, you know, when somebody's tried everything and they can't get rid of these spirits, it's like, you know, so it's it's definitely not an easy thing to say to somebody. I don't like having to say it, but um, and, you know, you have to really be um, compassionate with with the, the people that you're working with because they're terrified. I mean, they're not calling us for no reason you know right. and i've i found that a lot of times just showing up and being a witness to somebody's pain and somebody's fear and listening with open heart and open ears is 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 healing in itself you know like you might not give them the answer necessarily that they want in terms of stay in your house or leave your house but i think most of the time people are just relieved to know that they haven't completely gone mad you know because that's one of the right. big things where people are like i'm crazy nobody understands me nobody's gonna believe me if i tell the story and to just go in and say look i see what you're seeing i saw it too you're not crazy and and that's really helpful to people have you come across, not necessarily on, on the show, because I know you can't give anything away, but I mean, in general, have you ever come across somebody that's dealing with something very uh, frightening to them, uh, scary, but when you are talking to them and you're, yes, I can corroborate, there is something here and, and, you know, maybe this is a way to break it and get it away from you. Do you ever see them want to keep that once they've yes. got the admission, it's like they become more connected to that spiritual entity? I've seen it and it's really interesting, right? It's like on one hand, they're really terrified of the experience. And on the other hand, they're terrified to let it go. And it's a tricky one to unpack because part of me is like, you know, there's several things that could be happening. Does the connection to the spirit uh, create some sort of, I don't know, have they, have they formed a bond and it's like breaking up with your friends, right? right. Uh, do, does the, and even if it's terrifying, breaking up with a toxic friend, right? Um, um, does the, you know, experience with having all the activity, um, cause people to pay more attention to the person if they're, who they're sharing it with? I mean, there, there's right. Um, I mean, Dave, there's a million scenarios. There's a million scenarios, right? right? Uh, and and it, it is really hard. But at some point, like, you know, you can't make somebody do anything. You just have to give give your advice and hope that they figure it out or do, you know, take the suggestions you've given them. But again, like, it's not my job as a medium to, you know, fix everybody. I can't, you know, not even the spirits, you know, you show up, you, you say what you got to say, and then everybody has to make their own decisions. We all have uh, agency, right? 
for the most right. part. Yeah. Well, Cindy, as always, I'm I'm excited to see you in a new endeavor, doing something and, and living your passion, being able to go out, help the living and the dead, give answers and help a wide swath of people that tune into these shows feel connected to something again. And I know that's exciting for you. And it's part of what keeps you drive uh, going in this field. Is there uh has there been a situation yet in filming one of these shows with the paranormal where it's almost driven you from I, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Not necessarily just the drag of being out in the field, but this, the way the supernatural comes at us. Yes, I will say, I will say yes, because uh, there's one case that I worked on um, and it wasn't just the paranormal aspect. It was how the family was affected and the other million things that I saw during the investigation and, and, really feeling like there was nothing that I was going to say or do that was going to help and not knowing mm -hmm. how to deliver the message in a way that was going to be helpful. Cause I felt like if I said it this way, it wouldn't help. If I said it this way, it wouldn't help. Um, and, and it was really frustrating. You know, it was, it was really frustrating. And you also have to remember too, and I know, you know, this, but just in general, like, you know, we're dealing with people that are in fragile states, right? Like we're dealing with people that may not always be, um, I guess, in a good way, or, you know, they might need right. to, and, and to, to try to sit with that and figure out how do I, how do I give this message in a way that is not going to re-trigger this person or make them worse, make them feel worse. Right. So I, I find situations like that really, really challenging, but again, it's like, you know, if I can, it, it, it's few and far between for the most part, I feel like, um, it, it's not like that. Uh, and you know, as far as like the spirit world goes and dealing with these energies that are unpleasant because some of them can be unpleasant, um, you know, I've really come to the space with that where, um, where I try to always remember that as a medium, it's important for me to kind of show up as an objective observer and to be as neutral as possible, even if that's right. not easy. Because if I can operate from that space, it's not as like traumatizing, right? Um, and, and, and to be able to do that, I've learned that I have to like work through my own stuff because I tell my students mm -hmm. like a spirit is going to trigger, trigger you the same way that somebody in the living would trigger you. If you had a bad relationship with your dad because he was an alcoholic and you see an alcoholic spirit that is a dad, you might not be able to show up for that spirit the same way because you haven't unpacked your own wound. You know, you haven't, right. you haven't, you know, worked through that piece. So it's, it's just like kind of this beautiful dance as being a medium of like personal growth and personal healing in connection to working with spirits. If, if people can look at it that way, but there's a lot to it. I mean, I know we're at time pretty much. Right. But it's like, I right. could talk about this all day, the connection between, um, you know, my journey and working through my own stuff and how that has only uh, helped my connection to the spirit world and helped me to show up in a way that's more neutral. It's really important. Well, let's do this. Uh, let's connect again when the series has run its course, these uh, final episodes uh, of the season for Dead Files. We'll get you back on. We'll take some live questions from viewers and uh, talk about how, what the season was, how it impacted and affected you. But people that are interested in keeping in touch with you, um, getting readings or taking classes or seeing you live, what's the best way to get all that information? Yeah, so you can find everything on my website, cindykaza.com. I have all my uh, classes that I teach that are on Zoom. I have my live events there. Uh, it's all on cindykaza.com. Also, uh, social media, I post everything to Facebook, Cindy Kaza, uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm on all the social media platforms, mostly. I'm not really active on TikTok, but anyway, I haven't quite figured that one out yet. But I'm on most of them, so you can find all my stuff there. And um, Dave, thanks for having me. It's really good to see you. Great to see you as well. And let me just address one more thing while you're here. Folks, please hear me and believe me. If Cindy Kaza starts private messaging you and offering you readings. It's not me. It's not Cindy Kaza. Oh. I can't tell you how many emails a week I get. Why is Cindy? Is Cindy having trouble with money? She's like coming at me oh. trying to get me to buy readings. That's not Cindy. Cindy's oh. got enough on her plate. She doesn't need to beg for people to get readings from her. I don't even so do private be aware readings. Of that. Right. Yeah. So please, please be aware of that. If you are being contacted by Cindy Kaza, either for romance or finance <laughs> or to do readings, that's not Cindy. There's a better chance it's Shane pretending to be Cindy than it is of actually being Cindy. And that's oh not happening either. 
Much wow. success to you, Cindy. We hope that things continue to go great and uh, we'll keep an eye on you and we'll talk to you again when the season's over. Thanks so much, Dave. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And just to answer all your questions, hopefully for the final time, there are no more Holzer Files. Holzer Files is gone. Two seasons of amazing programming that I truly enjoyed and I feel blessed to have been a part of, as do my partners, and uh, possible maybe more Ghosts of series in our future. We'll just have to wait and see. Until then, watch shows like Jack Osborne's Night of Terror or Dead Files and keep those shows going. Make sure that you vote with your voice and with your viewing. That's what's going to keep them on the air. I hope that the darkness is just a little bit more light with the information that we share here on this program. And I want to thank all of you, as well as my guests, Jack Osborne and Cindy Kaza, for joining me and spending time in my world. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. <laughs>